Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of 1 Timothy. We're in the third chapter, and it's a portion of the Word that gives us understanding about, uh, can we say, the qualifications of those who are to oversee the body of Christ, okay, overseers. There's so much that can be said about this, so let's just look at what the Scripture says, and we'll continue to chase the little rabbits here and there, okay? So I'm going to read the first three verses, which we've already covered. Verse 1, 1 Timothy 3, says this, It is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. An overseer, then, must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. And we ended the last episode when we was talking about that free from the love of money just very quickly. But I'll tell you what, that, that is a major, major problem within the body today. And uh, there's several problems governmentally. What we've done is we've come along and basically uh, within Protestant churches in the Western world, we've uh, retained a little bit of Catholicism, and then we superimposed a lot of CEOism on top of church leadership. And so we sort of create this thing to where we think there's this one individual who leads, and we're going to call him the pastor. And that they have all rights and all authority when it comes to uh, theology and religion and vision and boldness within the church and all these terms that are thrown out all the time. And that's not what the Scripture teaches. It's not at all what the Scripture teaches. What the Scripture teaches is that there's a plurality of leadership. What the Scripture teaches is that they walk humbly before one another, those that are in leadership, and that the leadership is raised up. And so it's a need of serving together, not a one-man show. Well, we've created this one-man show, which by the very definition is going to fail. And it fails repeatedly. Even in situations that look like they're quote-unquote successes, it still fails because if that uh, leader leaves, what happens to the body? 95% of the time, what they thought was a great work of God, what they thought was the Lord moving, it sort of collapses. Now, it's interesting because God still does things even in the midst of our structure not being biblical in the way that he has called us to do things. And so I thank him for that. But how much more so would he do things if we would do what he tells us to do? Here he's just talking about an overseer. What does an overseer do? He oversees. He supervises things. But it's not just an one overseer per church. We actually see this with um, in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. You'll see it with the commentaries. And uh, you know, great men and great women have written great commentaries. But they make this leap of uh, logic. They'll sit there and say, well, Timothy was the pastor of the church at Ephesus. Well, he was an overseer, no doubt. He was a shepherd. Yeah, appointment. That's what the word pastor means. But then we immediately associated it, associated it with what we experience in the Western world as a pastor and what we've created. And we think that they're synonymous and they're the same, and they're not. They're not at all. We would do so much better 
if we would function the way that the Lord reveals in His Word. Uh, not only here in Timothy, but in several other places, God gives us a lot of insight. But then He also gives a lot of flexibility. He didn't come along and say, okay, this is how the leadership is supposed to be structured in every church. He's showing the character of the leaders. Okay, So we just went through the various character traits right here, but it continues. Verse 4, He, and this is speaking of the overseer, He must be one who manages his own household well keeping his children under control with all dignity. And then verse 5 is a parenthetical statement, parenthesis around it, saying this, But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? And so we'll stop right there. Again, it's in the middle of a sentence. Uh, But you see that one of the goals, what this overseer is supposed to do, by the way that this parenthetical question was asked, is to take care of the church of God. When we come along and say, oh, it's only one man's responsibility to take care of the church of God, and this is a vocational calling, and he gets paid to do this, that's totally wrong. You know, sometimes it will be a vocational calling. Other times it won't be. Uh, I was was part of a a body of Christ where we had a situation like that. Two of us vocationally uh, did this, but the other three uh, worked other jobs. One was a contractor, and one was a nurse, and another was a teacher. And, and so that's what their vocational job, jobs were. But we were all overseers. We were all, for lack of a better term, equal. Okay. Now, there's different callings and there's different strengths. Okay. And so if, if, if some, one particular thing is needed and one person is strong in that thing and that's their calling and that's their gift, and it's, well, hallelujah, they were the point person. They were the point man. They were the one that you know, would lead in this. So what, what the Spirit's telling us here is you need to look at this man and make sure that he manages his own household well. Now, this isn't a caveman mentality. This, Because we've all seen that kind of thing, where somebody's very proud that their kids are under control and this and that, and it's just manipulation. It's just witchcraft, and it's just a horrible thing. There's no love involved. No, it's not talking about that. It's not talking about a type of situation to where the kids never make mistakes or the wife never makes mistakes. No, that's, that's foolishness. But he manages his own household well. When problems do arise, he manages them well. He keeps his children under control with all dignity. He's not going to let the children run crazy uh, about the house or whatever is age-appropriate running crazy. (laughs) You have a 3-year-old age-appropriate running crazy. You have a 15-year-old. You know what I mean? And then he, he tells us why. He says, you look at this man. If he can't control his house then how is he going to be able to speak forth the truth and manage and take care of the church? Then in verse 6, he says this, this uh, overseer must not be a new convert. In other words, uh, a novice, one that's recently saved, must not be that, so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. In other words, you want to watch and make sure that... uh, He's not a brand new convert because he'll get a big head over this thing and the enemy will grab that opportunity and seize that opportunity and will puff his head up and he'll fall into condemnation. Now, he doesn't tell us how, uh, what that age is, you know, and I don't think you can come along. I think somebody can go from being a new convert to being an overseer in what we would consider to be a relatively brief time. They, it may be able to do it in a year's time, maybe six months' time. It may be five years. We simply don't know what it is. You will know by their deed and by their action. Now, the last one, of uh, verse 7, is the last of the 
description of overseer, and he says this, he must have a good reputation with those outside, that's outside the church, so that he will not fall into the reproach and the snare of the devil. You notice how that reproach and the snare of the devil is mentioned twice here. So one is not a recent convert to where the devil won't try to trap him. And then also, he must have a good reputation with those outside. Now, there are scripture passages that say, you know, beware when all men speak well of you. Okay? And you don't want the kind of thing where the world, where, you, where we expect that the world has to love this person. Everybody has to like him or he's not qualified. No, no, no. The idea behind this is that he has a good reputation. Okay? He isn't a crook. He hasn't defaulted on his loans. He hasn't robbed and steal, stolen from people. He has a good reputation outside the church in that way. Otherwise, that will be a snare. That will be, uh, that reproach will be something that the enemy uses. And so all of this is about overseers, that these are the qualifications, for lack of a better term. And it's really the kind of thing that you don't sit there and necessarily go through, check off the box, because he's got this, this, this. But you pay attention. You watch and you see. And the Word gives us guideline as to what we're watching for. Next time, we'll pick up another group of leaders, and we're going to see that their uh, uh, qualifications are somewhat similar with one little difference, okay? Again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.